0: You didn't burp. I muted it.
1: Are you kidding me?
0: (laughs) I have decent. I feel let
1: down, Michael. I feel let down.
0: Oh, there's that burp. You asked to not mute myself. (laughs) I was joking. (laughs) What do you want from me? Uh... (laughs) Okay, ready? Ready, go. Let's go.
2: Welcome to Making Old Friends, the podcast where four old friends reconnect to discuss life, faith, relationships, and more. I'm Zach. I'm Michael. I'm Tyler.
1: I'm Hannah.
0: Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Making Old Friends podcast. Today... We are three. Uh, We're down, Zach. So today's episode is the three of us discovering how important Zach is to this podcast and how much he actually does. And Zach, when you listen to this, thank you for all you do. We miss you. (laughs) So cue the music. Cue the music. As far as news goes this week, we don't have any because Zach does that. And Zach's good at that. And we had one and then he's not here. So we don't have one. So with that being said, we will just jump right into it. Then today, we're going to be talking about something that's kind of been mentioned by Tyler a little bit in the past. Uh, but we're going to really talk about the differences of atheism and anti-theism. And then maybe some questions from there. Before we get too far into the topic, I think it's important to define what atheism is and what anti-theism is.
2: Let's start with those and then I will talk about okay. my feelings on <laughs> those definitions. I'm going to read off just the the immediate Google results here. So, for atheism, we have disbelief... Or a lack of belief in the existence of God. Then antithesis, uh, opposition to belief in the existence of God or gods. All right. All of these terms, I feel, talk about similar things, but they all come at it from a different perspective. So, uh, let's see if I can say this word. Colloquially. Colloquially. When you're talking to uh, what I would say is a majority of atheists, we would usually use atheism to describe the lack of a belief in a God or God's right, which is exactly the definition there. I would say not necessarily disbelief. Uh, That would be leaning towards um, not anti-theism. I forget what the term is for an affirmative disbelief. Uh, but there is a term for it I know this is super nuanced and it can be kind of confusing and it's it is um, but when we're talking about atheism we're usually talking about uh, somebody who finds the evidence that you would present for a god to be unconvincing and therefore they say that they lack a belief that is that is not the same as them claiming that they um, that they have Uh, you know, evaluated the evidence and they believe that there is no God affirmatively, that would be a whole different category. So, that's where, so, when we get into agnosticism, it can be a little weird because, I I don't know, what would you guys say is agnosticism?
1: When I think of agnostic, I generally think of that as somebody who believes that the possibility of God is reasonable, that there's probably a God out there, but they don't necessarily, like, identify with a specific religion with that. So, they're just agnostic. Like, yeah, there totally could be a God. Or, yeah, I think there is a God, but I don't know what that looks like exactly. That's generally what I think of.
0: I, I normally think agnostic as... Um, in a place where you have you have crunched the numbers, so to say, and to the best of your understanding, you just don't know. Um, I feel like, which kind of leads me into the question I have for you, actually, because you've talked about being an atheist, but then when you've talked about your story, if you go back months ago, it's you, your deconstruction, your processing of everything, is you just don't feel like there can be. But do you feel conclusively that there can't be, either?
2: So when you say can't be, do you mean that you can't know? Is that what you're saying? Like, do you
0: feel... you, You feel like you can confidently conclude that you don't know if there is a deity of any kind but can you confidently conclude to yourself that there is not is that your confident conclusion or is that just kind of where you have arrived
2: no so what I would say is that so okay before I get into that so what I would describe myself as is an agnostic atheist and that distinction can be important uh, because agnosticism usually speaks about what you can and can't know. Um, Even though we, I think we tend to use it as just like somebody who doesn't know, like they're kind of in the middle. Right. And then I think we usually use atheist as somebody who like affirmatively denies the existence of God. I understand that's kind of what we do. Um, But uh, so, so yeah, I would say I'm an agnostic atheist, meaning that I don't think that you can know for sure and that I also lack belief because I'm not convinced by the evidence. Um, so that being said, I do not think you can, this is going to gonna trigger some people, I don't think you can know anything at all for certain. I think there are degrees of confidence and you can be, uh, you can know something beyond a reasonable doubt. Uh, so, like, I know that you would immediately go to things like, well, how do you know that you're not just going to, I don't know, that the sun's not going to just explode or something, it, it right? It could. It could, and it probably will. But right now, <laughs> the thing is, I, I I work uh, based on, a, I have reasonable confidence that it's not going to be that way based on what's happened in the past. Um and so, with the idea of belief in God, I'm, I am—I would describe it as I am—I have evaluated so much evidence at this point, uh, which I believe to be some of the best evidence out there. Now, I, I understand there's so much more that I could get into, um, but from you know, from the 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 arguments that I've heard at this point, I don't see a way that I could ever be convinced reasonably of the existence of God. Um, Which puts me in a place that people would feel like I'm, you know, just I've shut off the switch that, you know, I could no longer believe, uh, which is not the case. It's just, it's like, if I asked you, um, you really should give this unicorn thing a try. Like, I, I promise you'll, you'll come around, right? It's like, okay, maybe there's a unicorn, but like, at this point, I'm just so unconvinced, like, and I'm, t- I'm talking Pegasus here. I'm talking We're flying. back to the Church uh, of the uh, horse again. I <laughs>
0: again.
2: <laughs> yeah. It all comes around, so, so, when I talk about that, it's like, you would say you're probably, I don't, let's, let's make up a word, an a-unicornist. <laughs> you lack belief in a unicorn and at this point, you're probably not really going to be convinced Uh, that there is a unicorn now that it's not impossible. Uh, unicorn is far more gracious than the idea of a God, because there's a lot more wrapped up in the idea of a deity that, um, you know, has desires and plans and all these things. Right. We're we're not talking about a unicorn. I understand that's very simplistic.
0: Um, so for unicorns, like I would say I'm a, I'm an a unicornist. But I'm hopeful to be wrong.
2: <laughs> I wouldn't give the same feeling for my belief or my lack of belief in God, unfortunately, uh, for some. So, without getting super deep into it, I don't know necessarily where I stand as far as, um, and I don't really want to talk too much about m- me so much as just the ideas. But you, I think most people could agree there's parts of religions that are terrible and that um, if we could just uh, remove those, it would cause a lot less issues, right? Uh, We could think of some certain Old Testament passages uh, and a majority of the book of uh, the Quran, right? So, that part of it leads me to somewhat of an anti-theist, but that's what the caveat of... I don't think most people practice that, uh, and the majority of people who do are, um, Yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to get society <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we deal with those people appropriately. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know where to go from here other than... Um, so,
0: I have a couple different directions I kind of want to take this. We'll start with. um, So those are the definitions of atheism and anti theism. um, The by the book definitions. Now, if you asked me on how they come across in a day to day life. I would feel like atheists are people like yourself or whoever who are sound thinkers and have come to their conclusions based off of their own feelings and studyings of things, and that's where they're at. Where anti-theists um, if you asked me what is an anti-theist I would think somebody on Reddit uh, <laughs> Twitter yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> somebody on the internet whose sole purpose is to tear down the idea or be I don't know, hostile, I would say. Um, they can be. Mm-hmm. And, but they don't claim to be anti theist. They will call themselves atheists. And I feel like, from kind of an outside perspective here, that, and granted, there are people within the church who also, I'm not at all denying, do things that make the image of Christianity look so much worse. <laughs> But I feel like the anti-theist is almost your, the atheist fringe people who are making you guys look bad. That's my initial. If you ask me, that's what I would say. They're those. They're the. They're all sixteen to twenty-two. Um, probably in college. <laughs> and have they grew up yeah. in the church and are more rebelling than they are coming to conclusions.
2: So, in my experience, what usually happens when you find those specific Redditors, and this is just from from what I've experienced, you have all these people who have grown up in Christian homes, in a Christian culture, uh, which a lot of people feel has largely failed um, recently. And then you have the advent of the internet and Reddit. Um, What you have oftentimes is these new atheists uh I'll call them new atheists they
0: baby atheists
2: experience <laughs> yeah baby atheists they experience a certain amount of bitterness um and they feel like they have been done wrong and they feel um bitter you know I I felt the same exact way it's It's kind of (laughs) like some people use the analogy, um, that you've been promised a mansion when you turn 20 and then you turn 20 and then they say, just kidding, good luck. Right. Um, you know, with the promises of seeing loved ones again and afterlife, um, if that stuff's ripped away from you, it can cause you to be a little, uh, upset. So I'm not saying that's the case for everybody, but there's certainly, uh, you know, people feel the need to vent. And I think that Reddit is one of those places. And, of you course. know, with the, with, with the population being young and, um, yeah, people just get flared up there. But going back to what we were talking about, I think um, it's important to separate kind of the ideas of anti-theism and atheism. Because you could have somebody who does believe in the existence of God, but could still be an anti-theist. Um, there's a lot of atheists that will say, uh, myself partially included, maybe fully included. I I don't know if I want to say that fully on the podcast yet,
0: but we just did. <laughs> I would say,
2: yeah, so, uh, no regrets. Um, you could... So even if at this point I came to the conclusion that I did believe God was uh, real, I think I've learned too much about uh, his character, as described in the Bible in the Old Testament. Uh, for me to it would it would take a lot for me to want to serve that God. Um, I would do it out of obligation so that I could survive, right? But I don't know that I, I, I certainly would not want to. And I know that might upset people, but when you compare the actions of, I understand we, we usually want to separate the, the New Testament God from the Old Testament God or Jesus from God, right? That is the intention. Uh, but most people <laughs> believe that um, these are the same being, right? In three. would it? I know there's a lot of nuance there, but largely the character should be the same and it should be consistent across time. And I don't feel like it is that way. Um, and and honestly, the God of the Old Testament can be abhorrent at times. Uh, so, there's absolutely no way I would feel comfortable saying, oh yeah, like I would love to serve that God if he existed. So. So, yeah, I don't think, <laughs> it's not necessarily fair to, I mean this is the case with everything but there are anti-theists out there that don't just hate religious people. I love religious people. But when I when I say I'm an anti-theist, I think it it speaks more to how I view uh I guess the morals described in the Bible. Um and and it makes it makes this whole question kind of uh You know, at this point, it's like, okay, he could exist, but it's yay. (laughs) You know, like, at this point, it's like, that makes it more terrifying for me. And it's not an exciting thing to find out, you know. So, it's like, it's almost comforting to find out that it's not true. And then you can just move on from there, you know. So,
0: a question to kind of play off of. If you found out, if you could confirm he was, you would fall out of obligation to survive, right? So, yeah. I, there are certainly other religions even more so that believe in a terrible God or that have existed throughout history and that God is wrath, not necessarily the same biblical God, but whatever. And those people have followed their faiths out of fear, respect, or I believe um, it can come down to if you are convinced that that is just the way it is like who who are you to decide that you're right I guess I don't know if that's the best way to phrase it but like let's say you find out that everything is real exactly as written and you disagree with some things but you know for a fact it is do you feel like at that point does your human self matter in the scheme of the creator, at that in that situation, the proven creator of everything? Does it really ultimately matter what you feel? Because I don't care if my dog likes it when I leave him at home alone, right? He might think it's cruel, but I'm just doing it. So, like, at some point, is it like, does this, do I matter? Right. I don't know.
2: Yeah. I mean, I guess that's really just a sad existence at that point. You know, if, if, if my morals as a human, Don't make me feel bad about my dog. <laughs> no, no, I'm not talking about the dog. Um, if, if at that point it's like, yeah, sure you comply and you exist in this new framework of a world where you have to do all these terrible things and whatever, get over it. Cause God said it's okay. I mean, you're left in a situation where it's like, all right, great, that's terrible. I, I'm, you know, I'm upset that this is how it is. But it's like, if I'm operating in a situ- in in a world like we do, where I I cannot prove it for certain, um, I. This is where you kind of get to so despite the fact that I cannot um, get myself to a point where I would say beyond a, a reasonable doubt I do believe I'm in this middle ground we could say um, and so at this point I have to continue living life right and I would rather choose to um, avoid avoid all the things that come with with the religion, I guess, um, and risk, I guess the, the punishment and all those things that could come along with it. Uh, maybe this isn't necessarily getting to your point. Remind me of what you were trying to say before. So
0: basically, do, do you feel like if it was proven that the creator of the universe and everything you understand was 100% factual and you couldn't argue against it because it's obvious and clear, at that point do you feel like that you as a measly created human being does it really even matter how you feel your existence might be you might be sad sure but you know if that's how the universe is set up you're just another piece of it
2: okay yeah so see that's interesting because it's like you could think of certain like um I, I hate to bring it into it, but <laughs> I'm watching The Walking Dead, and there's a situation where they get to the point where, like, they have to comply to this terrible regime just to survive, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's like, there is no way around it. You can't revolt. You, you, like, revolting won't do anything. Um, you just have to exist in this new framework, right? Uh, I guess that's where you get stuck, right? Like, you, uh, it's terrible. It doesn't mean you have to agree.
0: Would You You just
2: have to comply. Would you not at that
0: point at least try to make the most of it? I mean...
2: I would make the most of it. I don't know that I would say I would enjoy the things that I had to do. No, no, because it's like you're being forced to do things that, you know, in this case, we're talking about something that you would morally disagree with, I guess, um, as your human self, you know, but it's like at least you are sticking to what you personally believe, I guess you could say, you know? And like, if you die because of it, whatever, if you, you know, I, I think in that case, it's like, just hang on to whatever you have, you know? Um, yeah, that that would, that would suck though.
0: Hannah, you look intent to say something.
1: I don't think that's how it works. (laughs) Like, this is a
2: theoretical situation,
1: right? I just I think we're so far into theoretical that we're not even speaking of like the Christian God anymore.
0: I wasn't, not not specifically.
1: Okay. Right. Okay.
0: Yeah. Now, because I and that's I was gonna say in contrast, you talked about having to do things that you might not morally agree with. It's like because I currently today to bring it back out of theoretical into my current belief i do believe in the existence of christian god and the biblical god and i don't feel like at any point i am having to do something that i morally disagree with um sure. and i morally disagree with things that are often taught in some churches many churches and things certainly but i don't feel like i have i am at any point in the day having to do things or speak out against things or do things that i disagree with maybe i maybe i'm in the wrong i don't know (laughs) but i don't feel like i have to
2: yeah and i think so when you were mentioning this i i'm sure you were kind of alluding to islam in a way because that is often thought of as like the religion of fear and
0: Oh, I was actually thinking Muslims of like this what? Nordic one I was reading about, but either way, oh, <laughs> they, gotcha. both, they okay. both work.
2: <laughs> so, that's where my mind went. But, I mean, they would agree with you. A lot of Muslims would say, not all Muslims. It is it is changing with times, but they would agree with you that like the God of um, Islam, Allah, is a God of fear. You're supposed to fear him. He's wrathful. He's mean. Uh but in a weird way he does it because he he loves you, I think. I don't know. That part's a little a little weird. But yeah, I mean like they, they have to do all sorts of things, and I would say largely like they have a lot more rules and restrictions and, and things that they have to do than most Christians. And um you know, if you really get into some of the the dangerous stuff in the Quran, it can, you know, often lead to the death of non-believers and that is a commandment by God. And, you know, I find it hard to believe that there wouldn't be certain Muslims that disagree with that, but they just, they comply, you know, because that's what they have to do. Uh, they're serving their God, right? So, I mean, that is a real life example of this theoretical situation and it's kind of one of those things where I would say I am very much anti-theistic against
0: (laughs) murdering everybody.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think we would all agree with, you know, I would hope we would agree with that, but.
0: So in the bringing it back to labels, because we've talked, we've thrown a lot of titles around. I think labels are silly or, I mean, they have a purpose, but they get overused. Um, do you feel like anti-regular atheism, anti-theism, agnosticism, post-theism, whatever, theistic, because those exist too, (laughs) um, do you feel like we are making kind of much ado about nothing? what's what's your feeling on labeling everybody with their theistic beliefs
2: i think it can pigeonhole you to a certain extent uh i think that if we're going to use labels i think we need to understand that those are fluid and that they can change and that they don't necessarily mean what you think they do right uh However, I do think labels are super useful. Like you said, it can help you to identify with other people. It can help you to, um, you know, learn a little bit more about your positions and kind of quickly summarize who you are to somebody. Um, but yeah, I mean, with labels, you always get that you're gonna have certain, um, stereotypes that come along with them and you know i always i'm constantly having to make the caveat that i am an atheist i usually say not an anti-theist but i think that would not necessarily be correct because i am certainly anti-theistic against certain things um so yeah it it can be useful but um can be dangerous at the same time
1: does that make you anti-theistic or does that just make you anti-whatever the specific thing is though
0: Because I'm certainly anti-specific some things.
1: Right, me too. Yeah,
2: I mean, I I would say you guys are probably, yeah, and that's where labels fail, right? So, anti-theistic, what do we mean by that? If we're saying, like, we disagree with some certain religions and the way that, you know, we're supposed to act with them, yeah, then I guess most of us are probably anti-theists. Yeah. I think more like when people are talking about anti-theism, I think they're talking about like just being against religion in general. Uh, and it should, you know, just thinking that most, that the world would be better off without religions as a whole. Um, and I don't know the answer to that question. I don't necessarily, I think there's a lot of people that should remain religious, that they're better off being religious. And I think a lot of people don't don't do harm because of the religion and to me totally fine i am not in the business of converting people <laughs> so um but we can't ignore the other uh the other parts that are very obviously explicitly dangerous and uh, the subtle things that are part of the culture that we've allowed to happen and they've come from roots that were from a religion, right? So like just think of like even recently when we talk about like just um, people having equal right to marry and stuff, uh, whether you agree or disagree with that I would say that largely that comes from a religious um, you know, from religious teachings and culture and practice and all that Um, and that's subtle. It's not necessarily something that like people aren't out there. Okay. (laughs) There's always caveats, but there's not a lot of people out there just like actively, um, attempting to just like force that upon people. Right. Like I would, I would like to think that most religious people are just trying to, from my experience, they're just trying to be good people for the most part, but there's subtle things that come along with that. Um, You know, love the sin, hate the or love the sinner, hate the sin. Love the sinner, hate the sin. Yeah, I gotta get (laughs) that right. Don't mess that one (laughs) up. It's not the other way around. (laughs) Uh, It's not helpful since I don't believe in sin, but that's for another (laughs) another time. (laughs) You can still say love the person, hate the
0: wrong, do it. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. And so, so, so there's little things like that that like you may think that's that's a good way to get around what. You know, like still loving people but hating the thing that they're doing, right? But that can act, that can actually be really harmful to certain people. So, um, on yeah,
1: with that, love the sinner, hate the sin. I saw something the other day that was like love the Christian, hate the Christianity, and I'm not gonna lie, I thought it was kind of funny. But also, I thought that it was a really good example because I can imagine. As a Christian, that would be like a little bit offensive, you know? So, flip it around, y'all.
0: Well, carry on. It's basically <laughs> the Gandhi quote I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike Christ. Are you serious? Yeah, that was Gandhi. It's like one of his more famous things he said. One of them. He I said didn't many know things. know that. Yeah. Um, so, in the realm of atheism, then, kind of steering it back towards the beginning here. Uh, so you would say you've come to the conclusion that there is no deity, not just the Christian God, none.
2: For me. Yeah. No, I would not agree. Um, I would never say, uh, because immediately people are going to hear, oh, he's, he's concluded that okay. God does not exist. He's, he's shut his mind off, right? That is not the case. Uh, I probably spend more time researching these things than a lot of Christians in America. Well, we um, feel
0: like we already know, so we don't need to look it up.
2: Exactly, yeah. So. So for me, no. I would I would certainly say I'm not at a conclusion, and I never will be. And again, that comes back to I don't think I can ever be certain for you know beyond any reasonable doubt. Um, so so for me, it's it's a matter of how much time do I want to spend researching this stuff, right? Like if I if I've gotten past the point where I there's probably not a god, then wouldn't it be more beneficial for me to use the the life that i have to go do things you know not related to um you know desperately trying to figure out if there's an afterlife right uh that's where you kind of you you have to choose like it's it's kind of gets into the pascals wager thing mm-hmm. right um where like wouldn't it be better just to believe so you can give yourself assurance that you're going to go to heaven either way, right? like, Which, you know, that's flawed because there's plenty of religions. And I, although you think yours is the right one, there's plenty of other people ah, man. who think there's one, one in a
0: hundred. One in a better than zero in a hundred.
2: A lot of them are mutually exclusive. So, um, yeah. So, besides that problem, it's like, no, because although you may think, oh, just believe it. Like, for one, I don't think that's going to fly with God. Like if he's okay with somebody just like, you know, taking a gamble on something. Okay. All right. But. You can't just choose to
0: believe something because you want to.
2: Exactly. I I, I really don't believe. um, I don't believe that belief is a choice, but you know, you have to get to the point where you're just like, you're comfortable moving on and accepting the fact that, you know, there probably isn't a God, or you struggle with it for the rest of your life, and I feel bad for you, but...
0: Related, but kind of shifting gears a bit. From your perspective, and now I'm going to ask you to explain all of human history, so good luck. Um, Prepare yourself. (laughs) So, if you feel that there is you going to have it concluded but if you feel like there is no deity of any kind why do you think throughout all of recorded human history every single culture for the most part has had to come up with some reason to have some sort of religion or some belief system Hannah you look really excited <laughs>
1: I was going to do like that. I know. I know. Can I guess your answer? Go for it. I'm guessing the God of the gaps in the sense that when we don't know something, we try to fill it with, oh, well, God. So the God of rain or the God of sun or whatever throughout history and as as we've learned more, those things have gone away. You can go now, Tyler.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know that summarizes it, right? Like, we can see that actively, that as science advances and we get more answers, the gap that God fills has gotten smaller and smaller and we're like, well, maybe he did that little part at the beginning before the Big Bang, you know, like maybe he was the answer to like that little the little spot there before. But it's like, what, what happens once we find out that part? Are we going to shrink like how much gap, you know, God is filling? Um, and maybe you could say that there's a certain like, uh, like he tied it all together or something, right? But it's like, we get you know, it started out, just like Hannah said, it started out and it was like everything was God. He gave you rain, which made gave you crops, right? It's like, it was God, for sure. But then you started to learn more and you learned about weather patterns and it was like, okay, well, he doesn't fill that gap anymore, so he's going to fill this one well, over I here. Well, I would say, uh,
0: well, your weather patterns, for example. I feel like the case now wouldn't be God made it rain. It would be God designed the weather patterns and put them in motion the way they currently work. Yeah.
2: And you could say so you that... You could
0: say that for pretty much everything. That, oh, well, he wrote right, it you that could just He authored
1: the you book. You could just say he put everything into motion.
2: Exactly. And all power to you if you want to say that. I, I will not disagree that that is a possibility. But until I see evidence that it, it is the case... I see no reason to put that in there. If it can exist without, then why posit something, right? Um, That's why I think maybe more the the more interesting argument to be had is why is there anything at all? Those kinds of things, right? Um, Because he was because those are (laughs) does
0: there need to be a bigger reason?
1: (laughs) I am interested to know, Ty, like. I don't know. I think from a Christian's perspective, it's generally like there's this awe (coughs) or amazement over how intricate everything works together, and that creates an awe of God, the Creator. And I'm interested why you think maybe the more you learn about how things work, in the world and the universe i wonder like what's different that makes you not see a need for god cuz honestly sometimes i look at all of that and i'm like i don't understand how it could all be without somebody to set it into motion you know
2: so there's actually <laughs> there's an interesting act that one of the atheists that i know does he's a magician as well as an atheist activist Um, and one of the things he does is he'll do his show and then he will explain how he did things right um it is the case i think for most people that once you find the mechanics behind behind the magic it loses uh you don't it's not just um, a Amazing feat. It's not magic, right? You don't just say, there's no way that could have happened. Once you figure out exactly how it happened, you break it down, you're like, oh, there's no need for magic here. Like, there's a direct mechanism that got to this this magic trick, and now I understand it. Um, but the magician still did it. That does not it. make.
1: Exactly. The
2: magician they still did coordinated it.
0: Correct. The, the mechanics to make it happen.
1: Also, Correct. who said God is magic? But if God is logical and reasonable?
2: No, I was just using an example. Just like understanding the mechanics behind something does not make it any less amazing when experienced. But it does give you a method. Uh, so maybe that was a terrible example because you actually <laughs> do have somebody like putting these things in motion, <laughs> right? Uh, but <laughs> the, the idea of like once... Once you discover the mechanics, let's say there wasn't a person involved, let's say it's another situation that it's
0: a movie. Uh, Knowing how movies are made doesn't take away from the movie enjoyment.
2: Exactly. So something like that, which does not have, you know, somebody actively doing something, it does you you learn how it was created and it was you lose the need for magic to fill the gaps, right? Um I would say you have a lot of, especially scientists and stuff who learn these things, and there's a lot that become even greater theists, and then there's some that become uh, atheists, but they're still amazed by the process, right? It doesn't make you lose the magic behind things. Uh, It can still be amazing to experience, even if you understand the mechanics, Uh, maybe even more so to some people, right?
1: Do you think that, I guess we've kind of gotten off topic. (laughs) No, this is a
2: good topic, though. We
0: said we were going to take it where it goes.
1: Yeah. Um, Do you think, though, that there's more to the equation than just scientific evidence? or You know, there's always that saying that, like, if God is as big as the Bible explains him or as high, like we wouldn't be able to understand him because we're just humans, you know? So like, do you think that there's something more than just like, well, the evidence points exactly to this or do you think that's how you come to most conclusions?
2: We're really covering a lot of topics here. We are. Uh, which I am not qualified to talk on, but I'm going to do it anyway. You don't have to
1: answer. I just was curious. (laughs)
2: I'll give my best answer because I think it's a valid question. So, this kind of talks about what I'm assuming you're talking about is like naturalism, which is the idea that everything that exists and happens has a physical cause or explanation, right? Mm -hmm. That there's no magic, that there's no supernatural. Um. There is a distinction between methodological naturalism and philosophical naturalism, but I'm not going to get into that. Um, I, like, for me personally.
0: You can't see this because it's a podcast, but Hannah's face just got so scrunched up. <laughs> <laughs> Can we pause that question really quick? Where do
1: you learn all these ridiculously insane words? Reddit. I don't. You have, like, your vocabulary. You're rocking it, man.
0: We, we all when have you the watch, same English teacher.
1: I know. I had to Google no. pigeonholed about 10 minutes ago, <laughs> so didn't know that was an expression. So, anyways, would, keep cool. on keeping on.
2: <laughs> I would say I probably have a bachelor's degree in just debates in general at this point, <laughs> and that's where I learned it all from. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, naturalism. I, personally, I don't. I don't think there's any reason to believe that there's anything other than physical uh, qualities to the world. If you there, there's never been a uh, evidence of anything supernatural happening that has played out. And if you know something, you'll win a Nobel Prize. Because you'll change
0: history forever.
2: Yeah, I mean for I think I said this on the podcast before, but for years, like 20 20, 30 years, there's been a prize of a million dollars if somebody can prove something supernatural happens. Uh, and nobody has ever qualified to take that prize. Um, you could say the game is rigged. I don't I would also yeah, I would
0: also but, wager that no god, whether my god or any other religion's god would go ahead and be cool with granting supernatural thing in that moment just to be proved so somebody can win that no. money. No, I, would. <laughs> I
1: think I more meant like um, like emotional or like intuition like that sort of thing.
2: I am not a neurologist but I think that the current understanding of how brains work and emotions and all those things do have physical explanations within the brain uh, whether it's feedback loops within the brain um, there are physical processes that happen and that is exactly why you can get hit have head trauma and then lose every capacity to feel emotion um, our brains are very very tangible we c- we could turn it off with you know like a switch reference right? to
0: last week's episode <laughs> fragile people Yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: so and and you would admit that there's chemical processes going on right that that can deeply 100%. affect your emotional state. Um and so yeah, I would say even with they may be extremely complex and again, I'm not a neurologist, but um there are cool processes in our brain, whatever they are, that make us feel these things that we call love that we You know, we experience all these emotions and it's cool to me, whether it's physical or whether it's supernatural. It's cool. You know,
0: I think it's really interesting and it's kind of why I enjoyed this topic. Um, And this isn't our standard podcast flow. It's only three of us, but I think it's been good just to like, these are the conversations we've had not recording. So just jumping into it. Hey, this is what we've talked about, but it's really interesting to me. That we can look at the same things, the same evidences, you can line up all the same things, and we can both strongly come to different opinions on it. Where, like, you can lay out everything you just laid out. And for me, it's like, well, I don't feel like that's possible without an original design. And it's the exact same The exact same information, I just come to a completely opposite, different conclusion. And that's where I've been for a while. Is there things that don't add up all the way for me? For sure. Um, Biggest one is, for me, that's always kind of wishy-washy or weird feeling, was creation seven days exactly, seven literal days. I don't know. It seems kind of hard to argue that it was at this point. I know that it's not even a hundred percent super common belief in the church and different denominations now that it was anymore anyway, but then you get genealogies and stuff and it it just feels a little weird. that spot, but still at the end of the day, I feel like kind of like where you are, where it's like, I feel like that there can't be. Um, I feel like that there has to be right. Like with the same info, it's just like, I just don't see how I get it. You say the universe is forever old, right? And there was nothing, and then they had infinite time because time was no thing to make something eventually happen. And then over millions and millions and hundreds of millions of years, we got to where we are now. But to me, it's like that seems just as likely as some fifth dimensional supreme being doing it on purpose. So, like, I, why, I don't feel like I could be convinced the other way, because that's how I feel on it. So it's super interesting to me. It's like, I mean, we haven't sat here and tried to convince each other, because that's not what we're trying to do. But how you can look at so much of the same stuff, and people will obviously do this all over, and come to completely, completely different conclusions. Like you said, there's lots of scientists who the more they get into it, they either become stronger theists, or some people have gone from atheist to theist, and then there are people who have gone from theist to atheists and it's like, it's the same stuff, but everybody just draws it in two separate directions.
2: Yeah. Then there's polytheism, yeah. but I
0: don't, we don't know anything about that. That's not our, that's no, not, our not our okay, world. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think this is the interesting thing. So like going into a lot of these arguments, it was like, that's kind of where I got interested, right? Is like these kinds of really like for instance like something coming from nothing is a really interesting one we've never experienced nothing ever so for a lot of atheists we'll, we don't even try to make an assumption of what like how that could happen uh the problem that we have is when you just go yeah we don't we don't know how that happened so god did it right and so it's like It's two different ways to approach it. And some people may feel it's valid to say, well, yeah, I mean, I already believe in this God and so, using God as an explanation for this thing makes a lot of sense. And I would agree with you, it does make sense if you already believe that. But if you're coming in with the assumption of like, I'm not going to say there is a God or there isn't a God, then um, I think maybe the right way to approach some of these questions is I don't know until I know, right? Like, if I don't have evidence of what could cause nothing to become something, I'm not going to try. You know, I can say I don't know, and that's okay. We're probably
0: okay. not going to get to know.
2: Yeah. Well, we never, if I'm right, I'll get, get to know, do. maybe. But. That's true. That's Un true. Um, for advantage.
0: So, I think that about concludes us.
2: Yeah, and we have obviously we have just scratched the surface on many of these topics but if you continue listening you get to hear more of this where we we talk about things that we're not qualified to talk about and it's fun so hey <laughs> we
0: never said we were we'll qualified for, for anything <laughs> the description of the podcast on the page is for friends sit down to talk about life relationships exactly. faith <laughs> so that's what you're getting this is what you signed up for
2: Thanks for listening to Making Old Friends. Our intro music is by Scott Holmes. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Making Old Friends, and you can also get in touch at makingoldfriends at gmail.com. Until next time...